Today is week two of our series that we're calling The Nine. And uh, last week was week one, this is week two. We are going to take nine Sundays. Um, With each Sunday, we're going to be looking at one of what the Scriptures call one of the fruit of the Spirit. That in Galatians chapter 5, and we'll look at that verse in a minute, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, the Apostle Paul, talking about living a life of being led by the Spirit instead of being living by the desires of our flesh, that he says, and here's some, some character qualities um, that should grow in you and exist in you and become greater in you if you walk with Jesus and are led by the Spirit. And so we've been looking at, at Galatians 5, and 23 at this, this fruit of the Spirit, these character qualities that God wants to develop in us. And um, these qualities, if you think about them, are the life-transforming qualities that make our lives as we live in Christ so special. The thing that makes a Christian life better than just any other life is the fact that God develops in us these kinds of qualities, love and joy and peace, and they're qualities that make the Christian life blessed and wonderful. And this is our hope as a staff and as a, as a church during this series that each and every one of our homes and in your relationships, that we take some time each week as we go through these nine and talk about and consider what that that week's fruit was, that week's topic was, and then you would invite the Holy Spirit to breathe life into that area of development in your life and in the other people in your family. So that our lives and therefore our homes and therefore our church and therefore our workplaces would be places where these character qualities thrive. You know, homes and lives filled with love and joy and peace. And one of the things we've done to help you with that is we provided a booklet for you that are available in the Connection Center and also the Home Point Center. And these activity books have nine small little chapters in them. And each one, about three pages long, and it deals with one of the topics. So last week was love, and there's pages in there that will give you a little definition of love, and then some ideas as a couple, ideas as parents and kids, and ideas as parents with teens on how you could focus on that particular topic that week. And our hope is that as we take nine weeks, we go through these nine things, you hear a sermon on Sunday, about it on Sunday, and then our kids right now are also being taught on the same topic, and then you're going to go home, you're going to have seven days to somehow maybe use some ideas out of this book and interact with this topic with the idea being that you would have this fruit of whatever that week is, so this week, joy, growing in your own personal life and within the life of your, of your family. Wouldn't you love a life filled with love and joy? Wouldn't you love that? You know, we read this kind of stuff and we go, we just kind of like, oh, it's just... It's just words on a page. No, wouldn't you like a life? Wouldn't you want your life today, your home life, your marriage, your relationship with your kids being filled with things like love and joy and peace? That's what we want. That's what what I want for me. And that's what I want for you. And um, and so we're hoping that as we engage, we're believing, I should say, as we engage with these verses... And we allow, we do some little exercises outside. We spend some energy on an outside of church that we're going to open up ourselves to the always available presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to welcome him in and he's going to help these things develop and grow in our lives so that your, your relationships are better, your homes are better. They're more the way God intended them to be. So let's read together 
um, this verse is up on the screens, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, let's read it together, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So what's the second one on the list? Joy. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. So let's spend a few minutes today talking about what joy really is. And I think, I think you're going to understand joy a little bit differently today, at least Christian joy, a little differently than maybe you did when you walked in the door. And I think if you can get your mind around this and your heart around this, it will honestly benefit you as you live your life out and walk with Jesus. Now, I think we probably understand what joy is. Joy, in essence, is an emotion. And sometimes people say it's not. A lot of times in Christian teaching, they say it's not. I totally disagree. Joy is an emotion. It's a deep sense of well-being. It's tied very close to happiness. It's the way you feel when you are happy. That's a sense of joy within you. And the Bible has some really cool ways of expressing what joy is. Matter of fact, the word for joy in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word, the Hebrew idea is comprised of two different words. And it, it, get this, these are the two words that combine together to describe joy in the Old Testament. It's the word, one word that means shining or brightness, and one word that means to go about or to move about. So imagine, this is what the Bible is saying joy is. It's basically to go about shining. I think that's a really good definition of joy. It's a really good illustration of it. And I think I can help you exp- express um, for some of us in here, not all of us. So is Harold Burke back in here? I think he's in kids' church. This does not apply to Harold Burke. You can tell him later. And maybe some of you. And I think there's some Minnesota people here it won't apply to either. But I can express what this means, okay? Think about how most of us felt week one of Packer season. Aaron Rodgers, let me describe, you don't remember, Aaron Rodgers got hurt, his knee got hurt, he left the game in a cart, we're all going, not again, horrible season, Aaron Rodgers got hurt again, season's over, right? Who felt that? I did. But then, second half, out trots Aaron Rodgers. And he, they're, they're getting smoked. And he leads the Packers against the Bears back to one of the most incredible second-half comeback victories that the NFL's ever seen, right? And of course, it was all the better because it was against the Bears. Now, how could you describe what Packer fans were like at the end of that game? I can't think of a better way to say this than this. We were going about shining, right? Smiles on our faces, we're going, we're, we were walking around shining. We were glowing. Matter of fact, maybe we were even gloating, which we probably shouldn't have done because remember, week two and week three were coming. But uh, we, were, we, were, we were glowing. That's a picture of what joy is really all about. Now understand something about that kind of joy because I'm going to show different kinds of joy today. That kind of joy that we experience, if you were a Packer fan, that we experienced is the kind of joy that any person on planet Earth can experience. It's joy because of something that you see or you experience and you think it's good. It's a good feeling because of that. 
Matter of fact, the key to understanding joy is one word. It's the word because. That is the key thing to understanding joy. Joy is always because of something that you see or experience are part of that is good. Joy is a result of something else. Joy is always, remember this, joy is always because. So anyone, Christian, atheist, agnostic, can find joy because of something that they see or experience as good. They go about shining because of some circumstance that makes them happy. Now that kind of joy is good. It makes life what? Enjoyable. What's enjoyable mean? It means full of joy. That's good. It makes life... I want people's lives to be full of joy. It's a good thing. But I want you to understand something today. And this is what God wants you to understand. I believe the reason that the Spirit inspired Paul to put joy in the list of the fruit of the Spirit is this, that God has something even better than that for His followers. And He calls it the fruit of the Spirit of joy. And like the joy that everyone and everyone, any, anyone can enjoy, it's a deep sense of well-being. It's to go about shining. It's the same emotional thing. However, what makes it different and what makes it better it is that it is based on a better because. And this is what we need to understand today. It is based on a better because. Let me explain. Remember, Joy is always because of something. Because the Packers pulled off the victory, you felt joy. It's always because of something. But those kinds of becauses, if I can use that word, the pearl of because, those kinds of becauses are short-lived because week two of the Packers season came. And it ended with a tie. Because of what? Because of a bad call. I'm forever bitter. A bad call against Clay Matthews. And because of a missed field goal that we had made one second earlier. And then it re-kick and missed it. Because of that, we missed and the joy was short-lived. There was not a lot of shining or joy going on in Packer Nation after week two, and if you remember week three, there was no shining or glowing or gloating going on in Packer Nation. See, the joy that anyone and everyone can enjoy is based upon things that are temporary, things that change, things that can't be counted on, stuff like the things you buy, the things you do, the places you go. Those are the kinds of things that anybody can have joy over, but they're temporary. So living a life where joy is dependent upon how the Packers play, or how the stock market performs, or even how your family and friends treat you, living a life based on joy, the because is because of these temporary things, If your joy is tied to these temporary changing things, what happens? Your joy, the emotion of your joy will be like a roller coaster of emotion. It goes up when you're happy because things go good. It goes down when when things go bad. And it goes away when things really get 
hard. And all of us experience this. If you are alive, you experience this, right? Joy tied to temporary things. But God has something better for his followers. The fruit of joy that is based on a better because. And here's what I mean, based upon a better because. The things that we can build our lives upon, we as Christians, that can lead to our joy, that only a child of God can, those things are eternal, and they're unchanging, and they're not affected by circumstances. In Scripture, we see a joy that is not dependent upon circumstances, does not fluctuate even when times go from good to bad. It's a joy that results because of things that are anchored in God. So I have joy because of the promises that God has given me. I have joy because of something God has done for me. Matter of fact, when I'm having a time where my joy is being challenged, I need to look back and rehearse all the good things God has done in my life already. I have joy because of something that is eternal and tied to God. I have joy because of the blessings that God has given me. I have joy because God has been faithful to me in the past and He promises to be faithful to me in the future. I have joy because God promises an amazing reality for eternity with Him and all of His followers in heaven with Him. The key to consistency and joy is to base joy on the right because. To understand and to focus upon the things of God that are true and eternal and unchanging. Friends, joy has a lot to do with choosing what you put your attention on. Choosing what you choose to rehearse. Choosing what you choose to think on and focus on in your life. For instance, no matter how someone may have treated you, this is a reality of life, no matter how someone else, your friends, family, co-workers, whatever, may have treated you, good or bad, God treats you well because God loves you and is so overwhelmingly in love with you that he chose to die on the cross so that you didn't have to pay for the punishment, be punished for your own sins. If I live my life focused on how someone treated me, good or bad, my joy will evaporate each time I'm let down. And if you've lived any length of time in this world, you've been let down by people more times than you can count. It's just the reality of life. But if you live your life focused upon the never-changing, never-ending love that God has for you, then your joy will be present and unshakable. Let me give you an example in Scripture exactly how this works. We won't, we won't read the whole story, but I'll summarize it for you. In Acts chapter 16, and you could go back and, and read this later, and I, I challenge you to do it. In Acts chapter 16, the apostle Paul and Silas were ministering, and they were beaten and imprisoned because of the ministry that they were doing. If you remember the story, they were going around preaching the gospel, and they encountered a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. She could tell the future. And her owners would basically use her to make money. She would t say things to people. She was basically like a fortune teller. And they were making money, basically selling her services. And she kept following Paul and Silas, and she kept disturbing their meetings going, these guys are of God. 
The spirit, her, the evil spirit was telling her, and she's trying to disturb them, disturb what they're doing, but she's saying it, and it says, Paul gets ticked off about it. And he finally says, and says, spirit, come out of her. And the spirit came out of the girl, and the owners of the girl, instead of being happy, oh, she's been set free, were mad. You know why? They lost their revenue stream. Remember what happened to Paul and Silas? These guys stirred up the crowd. The crowd rose up, it says. They tore off the, the, Paul and Silas's robe. They beat them with rods, and they threw them in prison where they fastened their feet in the stocks. You think you've ever had a bad day? That is the worst of bad days. They had every reason to grumble and complain. But do you remember what Paul and Silas did? What the Bible says, one of the most amazing stories in all the Bible? It says, at about midnight, they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. As a result, the Bible says that there was an earthquake. God caused an earthquake and set them free, and they didn't run away. Instead, they told the guards they were still there, and basically through their interaction with the guard, the guard comes into relationship with Jesus. He gets saved. How could Paul and Silas sing hymns of praise in prison after being beaten with rods, thrown in prison, locked in stockades, only for doing something wonderfully kind, setting a person free from an evil spirit? How could they have joy in the midst of that kind of severe suffering? How? Because their joy was based upon the right because. Because their joy was based upon the right things. Because they focused on the good things of God and how they had been counted worthy to suffer for the Lord Jesus. And they knew, because they knew the Lord, they were in the perfect will of God, even if it cost them, they were walking with God. And they focused on those things. The because they focused on was unchanging even in the worst of circumstances. See, they knew God was still good. They knew God still loved them. They knew that they were children of the living God no matter what was going on around them. Those things don't change, so their joy did not change. They had joy because they knew and they trusted in God, not in the circumstances going around them, even the circumstances that were incredibly confusing and painful. This is something of the meaning. When the scripture says about Jesus, it says this, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. Jesus focused on what was most true about what he was going through at the time where he was going to die on the cross for the sins of mankind. He looked at the most eternal, the most trustworthy things he knew that was based on a relationship with God as his Abba, as his Father. He looked to how he would redeem mankind through what he was going through. He looked to how his suffering eventually would come to an end. He looked to how he would rise with power and life as the first the first one to rise from the dead, and every follower after him would follow in his footsteps. He looked to those things. Looking at that truth filled his heart with real God-centered fruit of joy despite the, despite the horror and the agony that he was enduring. Church, walking in joy, being filled with the fruit of joy is really about what we value and what we know to be true about God and then choosing to place our focus upon those things, especially in hard times. And let me give you a really 
practical place to look at Scripture so that you can turn there anytime and go to where I'm going to show you in a minute and go through a process that's going to be exposed in one of the Psalms. Matter of fact, turn in your Bible to Psalm 77. And I'm going to show you how you, when you're in a tough time, can follow the process of the psalmist and go from despair to joy simply by understanding that joy is by, we get joy by focusing our attention on the right because. So Psalm 77 is called the Psalm of Lament. I love the fact that the scriptures are real and genuine. They show us real life. And here's a Psalm of Lament. This type of psalm, there's many of them in the psalms, start out really bad. The author of the psalm is being brutally honest with God. And friends, a lot of times we think in religion we got to be phony. Don't be phony. Be real with God. Because he can take it and he wants you to be real because he can't take you forward unless you're real. The author is honest with God and he writes about his discouragement. He writes about his frustration. He writes about his trouble. He writes about his bad circumstances. He writes about the fact that he feels like God has rejected him. But then partway through the psalm, he does something. He switches focus. And on purpose, he makes a change in what he's looking at and what he's rehearsing and what he's saying and what he's talking about. And it transforms despair into joy. So Psalm 77, let me, let me read it for you. Welcome to read along. It says, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed to even pray. I think of the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and I ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious Has he slammed the door of his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. Now stop right there for a minute. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like that? I have. Have you ever felt like everything good about God is silent, it's gone? Matter of fact, it's as if God is actually against you instead of for you. The psalmist felt that way. Life brings us to places where we feel that way. But look what happens in a psalm. This is why you gotta, you got to put a bookmark in Psalm 77. Look what happens in the next verses. Then comes the switch that the psalmist makes. The conscious, deliberate change of focus that transforms despair into the fruit of joy. Look what he says. But I recall all you have done, O I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. He's putting his attention on it. I cannot thinking about your mighty works. He's, he's, he's using his brain to focus on those things. Oh God, you are, you are, your ways are holy. Is there any good, any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeem your people. 
the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A path that no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. These last verses are full of better becauses. It's all there. God's power, God's provision, His control over everything, His faithful work in history for His people, His care for His people, all the good things He knew God had done. Friends, the key to the fruit of joy growing within you is where you place your attention. It's where you put your focus. And you have control over that. It's your part in partnering with the Holy Spirit to cause the fruit of joy to grow within your life. God is His part. You have your part. Your part that you can control is where you place your focus. The psalmist says, yes, there's a lot that's a big mess all around me, but this is what I know to be true and eternal. And he makes a conscious and deliberate change of focus. He chooses to focus on God, who, he, who God is, what God has done, what God has promised. He stops complaining and he recounts what is good and what is true and what is eternal. And when he does that, his despair is turned into joy. Listen to me, church. God wants you to be filled with joy but not the kind of joy that goes up and down based on how the Packers do or how the stock market performs or whether or not you're running away on another weekend to another jaunt that you're just trying to do in order to try to find some kind of happiness. He has something better. He wants you to experience happiness that is based on a better because and to feel his type of joyfulness. And friends, he has placed his Holy Spirit within you And one of the Spirit's roles is to remind you, the Bible says, of what is true. He is that voice in your head that reminds you of God's goodness when you are in the midst of turmoil. The Holy Spirit is doing His part, but we need to do our part. We need to begin to declare, I think, out loud all the wonderful things that that we know to be true about God. We need to begin to look back and see all the ways that God has helped in the past, And begin to look forward to the promises that He has given us of a good life and ultimately of a new heaven and a new earth where we'll have glorified bodies and live in His presence forever. Begin to say these things, and I think say them out loud all the time, especially in the hard times. And guess what will happen? Despair will turn into joy. And that joy will be consistent Because it's based upon a better because. Because you're focusing on God and His goodness that is present and eternal and always available for every one of His children. That's the fruit of joy. That's what we have as children and followers of God that other people can't experience. So you know what? It's all right. Be happy when the Packers win and be sad when they lose. But you know what? Don't base your joy on that. Base your joy on the fact that God always wins. 
God never loses. And when you walk with Him, you're always winning and you never lose. And He has a plan for you that is eternal and it is good and He loves you and He'll never stop loving you. He's always out for your best. He's always out for your good. You base your... Then when, when they beat you and they throw you in the stocks, which I hope none of us ever experience, then at midnight, you say, buddy, hey, buddy, Silas, what was that song we sang last Sunday in church? And you start to sing it with Silas or whoever your Silas is. And joy floods your soul. That is the fruit of joy that is promised to you. God has his part. We have our part. That's what I want for our families. So this week, spend some time with your kids, with your spouse, with your your neighbor. If you live alone, look in a section of joy in the book and say, let's just spend some time asking God, inviting the Holy Spirit to cause joy to grow inside of us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word that deals with reality. Lord, this is not some pipe dream, some kind of false religion that just says, you know, believe certain things or whatever. No, you are real. And you live with us. And you live in us by your spirit. And you want us to experience a good, good life full of joy. And Lord, I pray for every one of us in this place today that, Lord, that, 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 that there's a spirit of heaviness upon our, on, upon our hearts. Just a, a life is tough. That, Lord, you would right now begin to remind us of your good things. Holy Spirit, begin to speak into our souls. Remind us of all the good things you've done in the past. And, Lord, help us focus on those things. Help us focus on the promises you've given us. And Lord, turn despair into joy. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and for your love. Now as we're in a moment of prayer, as we close this service, maybe you're here today. Maybe it's your first time here or maybe you've been here longer than me. But today something clicked inside your spirit. Maybe it was watching water baptisms of somebody saying, you know what, I was raised doing this and I did it for other people and I did it because it was my, what my church's pattern was, but it wasn't real to me. And I, I was walking in religion, but I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus. But something inside of you today said, that's what I want. I want to actually invite Jesus into my life. That's you today. You know how we ask Jesus into our life? It says, it's, first of all, this is a recognition of this, that if you would have that desire to say yes to Jesus, it's only because God, by His Spirit, is working inside your heart. The Bible says nobody comes to the Son, to Jesus, unless the Father pulls them. And He pulls, them, pulls us by His Spirit. And He's saying, He calls our name. He says, Mark, Stop living on your own. Stop living by dead religion. Instead, come to me and walk with me. So we hear that voice. There's something inside our hearts that suddenly our, our heart's kind of racing. Our palms maybe even sweat. We're like, we're like, something's going on. I know I need Jesus and I didn't know it before. Well, that's the Spirit of God 
actively working inside of you saying, it's time to say yes. And if you're ready to say yes, the way we say yes is by saying, by, by talking to God and saying, God, I need you in my life. So if you were to say yes to God, you could do something as simple as this. As a matter of fact, you could just pray this along with me as I, as I explain it. Just in your heart, open up and say, Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm, I'm bound by sin and I'm lost and, and I need you in my life. And so today, I want to turn away from my old life. And I want to become a, a brand new person following after you. And so I welcome you into my life. I ask you to forgive my sins and make me brand new. And, and from this day forward, I want to I be your child. I need your help. I need your spirit. So fill me with your reality. And, and on this day, I give my life to you. On this day, I want to begin a brand new life where truly you are Savior of my world. You are the Lord of my life. And I now walk with you every day of my life. So Father, if anybody is saying that today, I pray, Lord, that you would just help them, each one, to open up their hearts to you. And experience your goodness. We thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. You know what? I don't know if anybody at all said, you know what, based on the water baptism or whatever, that I want to take a first step in asking Christ in my life. But if you did, I want to ask you to do something today. Before your head had hit the pillow, this is a bold move. Because sometimes it means saying something you know somebody else might not understand. Before your head hits the pillow tonight, tell somebody that you said yes to Jesus today. It cements it in your own soul and it makes it, makes it more real to you. So tell somebody to say, you know what? I need to move forward with Jesus. I've been stuck. And then if you if you want help with that walk, we as a church are here to help you. Because we love you. If you live around the area, we'd love to help you. Otherwise, you, you know, there's wonderful churches all over to help you walk and grow with Jesus. God is good, isn't he, church? Let's stand together. I want to close with the prayer that the Lord gave to Aaron to pray over the priest, the blessing to pray over the priest and it's appropriate to pray over all of you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you, friends. Have a wonderful day in Jesus. If you need prayer for anything, some of us will be down here to gladly pray with you about anything. If you need to talk about something, we'll hear. Otherwise, God bless you. Go with Jesus and have a wonderful day walking with him.